0: I wonder what it is about the world. They always complain that Christians, Christians bother them. We really don't. They bother us, don't they? What is it about the world? They're not happy when you are not joining their party. They're not even happy to leave you alone if you're at peace at a table with your Bible. They are bothered in their conscience by seeing a man not distracted by the mob, by the crowd. And they won't be happy until you believe like they believe. It's not enough to leave them alone. They are trying to indoctrinate you to believe like they believe, they're not happy. Most of us, we're fine, go your way. As Joshua said, listen, if serving the devil, is serving the LGBTQ, If serving Black Lives Matter, if serving the Democratic, progressive, Marxist, fascist party is comfortable to you, be my guest. But as for me in my house, we'll serve Adonai, Elohim. That's my choice, by the way. I thought you all believed in choice. My body, my choice. Well, this is my body, my spirit, my mind and my choice. Get out of my lane. Don't worry. I will gladly stay out of yours. But they're not happy, are they? Your parents aren't happy. Your friends aren't happy. Your wife isn't happy. Your boss isn't happy. I worked for a godless man. Not happy that I didn't join the rest of them on their parties when they took a boat to Catalina. Not happy that I don't join the cacophony of the jokes on a Monday morning meeting where they're talking sexually, partying about their drunks and godlessness. Not happy. But the moment I come in to say something, The eyes, the stares, the glares, the mockery, because they're devils possessed by demons. Never happy. It's okay for them to molest each other, to fool around. It's okay for them to cheat on their wives. It's okay for them to have sexual lawsuits against them, but not you to be godly. They'll tell you to take your Bible off your desk. They don't tell the witch to take the witches off her doors in their cubicles, in their offices. But the moment you put up something holy, they'll tell you, don't wear your tallit around the office. Don't wear that. You're offending people. Religious prejudice and discrimination. I worked in a place where they opened my mail. A federal offense. Not one time, not two times, not three times, not five times, not six times. Seven times. Oh yeah. Did I ever sue them? No. Should I have? Of course. Do what they do. They sue everybody. Godless. But they're not comfortable because they are anti-God. They're, they don't serve God, but they hate him and they want to remove every vestige of faith except when it serves them as a discount on their taxes. So don't give in and give over and give up. God's coming after them. They all are going to face his indictment. Not the DOJ. The Yad Vahe. They all are going to face his indictment. It's coming no matter what. Justice is on the way, people. Hope is on the way not by the end of a political party or a religious denomination or group, by the maker creator of heaven and earth, the creator of you. Guard yourselves. And the ones you have to watch out for the most are the sinners. <laughs> and who are the sinners but the religious? You know, I was saying to one of my guys today, I said, you have to rethink how you understand sin and sinners. The only people that can be sinners are people that are aiming for the dartboard. The sinners are not the unbelievers. The sinners are not the Canaanites, the Amalekites, the Westerners. No. No. The sinners are those who claim to be in the family of God. The sinners are those with kippahs and Bibles and Torahs and Siddur's crosses on their neck. Those are the sinners. We who know the Lord are the sinners for the very definition is to miss the mark. We're the ones trying to make that touchdown. The man in the stand is not the football player. He can't make a touchdown or a field goal. You've got to be on the team for that. And unless you're on God's team, you're not a sinner. All have sinned and come As for those of us who are on his team, a part of his Torah. If you're not a part, if you're not in the family, you're not sitting because you're not even aiming for the mark. You're not even trying to make the touchdown. You're not even trying to throw that pass, make that three-point shot, hit that field goal, gain the yardage. You're just the one in the stands clapping and booing and ewing and he hauling. It doesn't matter. You don't gain or lose anything. It's the ones in the game. The reward or the consequence of their loss is only – For those that are on the team, all have sinned are those that are in the faith. We're the sinners. Next time you meet an unbeliever, don't call him a sinner. You are the sinner. Say, oh, no, I'm the sinner. (laughs) You're not even on the field to qualify for that. You're not even in the game. You're not even aiming for the mark. And if you are aiming, it's not God's mark. It's another mark, the woke mark, the progressive mark, the pronoun, whatever or not, not ever mark the mark. I aim for males are males, females are females, male and female go together. Marriage is between a man and a woman fornication outside of marriage is a sin. Pregnancy outside of marriage is a sin. Being drunk with wine is a sin. Turning to astrology and Ouija boards and psychics is a sin, meaning it's a mark missed in the Torah. If that's not your mark, baby, you're not the sinner. You should elevate yourself to become a sinner. That's just ground zero. That's just getting you interviewed to get on the team so that you can sin. What is the sin? Missing that mark you're aiming for. Are you aiming for that mark or are you just trying not? to acknowledge it. You don't even want to throw the dart that way. You don't even believe the dartboard exists. There are no marks and perimeter, peripheral around that. How close are you? Well, close. You're not even throwing in that direction. So for those of us that are believers, we are the ones that sin. We are the ones whose God's grace covers the sin, the marks we miss. The bull's eye, we don't hit. We're the ones that that applies to. For the rest of them, technically they need to become sinners. (laughs) They need to become people aiming for the mark and not hitting it. Which of us can ever hit the bull's eye? Seldom, if ever but God's grace covers that, particularly the ones that are pressing towards that mark, shooting for that mark, going for that goal, with every intention of that sin. Is there a consequence for missing? Sure. But there's a punishment for transgressing it and rebelling against it. And you're not even in the equation when you don't even know or shooting for the fact that there's a dartboard that God designed. Your dartboard is somewhere else, often some other ethos or mythos. And there is a judgment that God has ordained that would apply different for you who have not seen and have not heard yet. But there will still be a standard That will apply to you. And that's God's business, not mine. Aim for the mark. Come on, sinners. We can get a lot closer. If we press towards that mark and keep our eye on it.
1: All to Jesus. I surrender. All to Him I freely give. I will ever love and trust Him. In His presence daily live. I surrender all. I surrender all. all. to Thee, my blessed Savior, I surrender all. All to Jesus, I surrender. Make me, Savior, holy thine. Let me feel thy Holy Spirit truly knowing that thou art mine. I surrender all. I surrender all. All to Thee, my blessed Savior, I surrender all. all to Thee, my blessed Savior, I surrender
2: all. such a great message by Stephen about sin and we are the sinners and I was just thinking about it the difference between sinning and blaspheming there's a very fine line and yet there is a very definitive line most religious people are sinners but some of them sin on a decreasing measure because they are continually pushing towards the goal. Like Peter said, have the fruit of the Spirit daily in increasing measure. That is what we should be doing. That is how you get grace. Because you are growing, you are continually improving. right? Think about it when you are on a team, you know, and and you're playing the piano, right? If you're playing for five years, you go get your teachings, you pay the teacher five years, you're not getting any better. Your mom's going to be like, I'm I'm done wasting all the tuition money. You're not even putting in the effort. You don't practice. You don't do your homework. You never play. You don't even get better. Five years, you still can't play anything. And she's going to cut you off. See, God is the same way. We have the parable where Yeshua talked about the tree. For three years, it didn't bear any fruit. And the guy said, let's make that circle around it, you know, and we clear the ground. Give it one more ear. If it doesn't bear fruit, then we'll cut it down. And that's the principle of grace. Grace has an expiration point. So for the sinners that continually grow and draw nearer to the goal, they get grace. But then you have all the rest of the sinners, all of those religious people that pretend. And a lot of them don't really pretend, though. A lot of them are just misled. But the problem is they're so brainwashed. It doesn't matter how misled they are. They truly believe what they believe in. And you cannot persuade them otherwise. You know, you tell a guy with kippahs and, you know, the the twisted side locks and all these things, you try to tell him That, you know, the true meaning of the Torah and, and Yeshua and salvation, they don't get it. They're so caught up with separating meat and dairy, they're so caught up with the tefillin, they're so indoctrinated, it's so deep down in their core. You can have a deep conversation, they just don't get it. They're not blaspheming, they're just committed to their sin, and surely they will, listen to this, they will die. In their sin? Yes. If you are on the wrong path, you're on the wrong path, it doesn't matter. If you miss the mark, you miss the mark. Why would grace, you know, be given when you're not even putting in the effort to get it right? If you just have the ball sitting on the field, you're not even trying to kick it in the goal, why should you be getting grace? And yet, they will get a little bit of mercy compared to the next group, which is the worst, which are the blasphemers. Now, the blasphemer is the person that realizes that they are wrong, realizes that they are violating God's Torah, God's commandment, and they keep doing it defiantly. That's like when you're arguing with somebody and all of a sudden, they realize that their position is wrong, but because of whatever reason, usually their ego, their pride, right, they realize, they know that they are wrong now, you know, like you said, the token fell, we say it in Hebrew, nafal ha Simon it's like the, you know, the light bulb went on, all of a sudden they realize it, and they stick with their position because of their ego. I know I've done it when I was young, <laughs> you argue, and... You start with a position, then you realize you were wrong, but because of your pride, right? Children do that often. They don't want to admit they were wrong. And that's how you end up blaspheming, going to hell. You realize you were wrong your entire life. All of a sudden, you you realize that the traditions were wrong. You realize the Torah says, do not cook a kid in its mother's milk, not separate meat from dairy. You realize Yeshua was the Mashiach that fulfilled all the Torah and the prophecies and the writings and the the, the Psalms and everything, you realize that. See, you have to understand it, though. Most people will not understand it because they just don't see it. But those who do see it and yet reject it, those are the blasphemers who will not be cleansed because they will not be forgiven. That's what Numbers 15 is all about. Said, you sin defiantly. Well, to sin defiantly, you have to understand what you're doing. Yeshua said when he was crucified forgive them father for they know not what they do they didn't kill him knowing he was the son of God and did it on purpose they didn't know they just thought he was whatever and killed him so they didn't know what they did they weren't blaspheming sure they were sinning Yeshua did not say forgive their sin he just said forgive their blasphemy they're not blaspheming because they know not what they do so if they repent they will be forgiven get it? But once you blaspheme, you cannot repent because you have blasphemed. You showed contempt for the word of Adonai. You knew what you were doing and willingly decided to violate it and rebel against it. And for such things, there is no forgiveness. Adonai will not cleanse the guilty. But the majority of people in religion are complacent sinners. They just live in sin. They make sin their lifestyle. And yet we are under the facade that we are under grace. No. To be under grace, you have to be growing. You have to be walking with the Lord. You have to be a a follower. You have to be in the field, practicing, doing your homework, sticking to the program, showing up to the meetings, following the curriculum. That's how you get grace. If you do not do what he says, he said, you're not going to be delivered. He said, if you love me, keep my commandments. That's a progressive term. It's not a singular. It is something ongoing. Not once, not twice, but always. The commandments are eternal and they are always progressing to a higher level, a higher spiritual principle. We've talked about it before. When Israel was in the desert, it allowed them to get divorced. Why? Well, he had mercy on them. It's like you can't expect a baby to keep everything that an 18-year-old should do. A baby is going to do all kind of stuff. A 2-year-old, well, he's going to knock a few things over. Well, he doesn't have any understanding. You've got to give him grace and mercy. It's like when you start on the team. You don't even know how to tie your shoelaces properly. God gave us grace. But, as he said in Ezekiel 16, you grew. You reached puberty you became a woman and as a woman there is more responsibilities you can't behave like a five-year-old do what 5 year old do you can't run around with your pants down it's cute when you're five months old maybe (laughs) not so much when you're 15 definitely not when you're 40 do you get what I'm saying? you have to constantly be growing getting better at your aim where is the progress you know in school they always have the progress why do we have report cards right they constantly have semester they give the reports card they monitor your progress is he making progress are your grades improving you get it in everything else except in the one thing that matters which is your spiritual growth god's scholastic education he's trying to educate you to be holy to live by His eternal principles of selfless love. That's the only thing that really matters in this life, because, well, God is our life. None of this matters here down on earth. It's all temporary. Only Adonai is eternal, and the souls that He has created. And it is your choice whether you want to be with Him or not. And it is a constant repetitive decision that you have to continually make in order to be eligible to be worthy to be in his field to get his grace and mercy we are saved by grace yes but it doesn't absolve your action remember faith without works is dead where is the evidence where are the works where is your progress You have to continue growing day in, day out. Show me the progress. Show me the progress. Hallelujah.